You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey, everybody. Hope that you are having a fantastic week. We are starting a new series this week entitled Practicing Presence. For the next month and a half or so, we're going to walk through uh, what many would call spiritual disciplines, uh, these key components of our walk with Jesus that are not just something that we're called to, but things that will help form us into disciples of Jesus. And we do not want to be people who just hear about Jesus, but who actually sit at his feet, people who are fully present in a relationship with their Savior. So practicing presence. Every week, the topic is going to be wildly important. Uh, But this week, we're going to talk about Scripture, the Word of God, an instrument that speaks into every other topic that we will discuss over the next month and a half. So it's important to understand that establishing healthy rhythms in our engagement with Scripture will set a foundation for how we establish healthy rhythms in the other areas of our walks with Jesus. So Scripture, the Bible, (laughs) the Word of God. Why do we believe that the Bible is important? Because Jesus did. Jesus' mind was saturated with Scripture. Jesus regularly quoted the Old Testament in his messages. There are so many different examples of Jesus talking about Scripture, whether it be Psalms or Isaiah. Um, Then you have the New Testament, which was written about Jesus. It's the account of Jesus. The gospel is the account of Jesus. And then everything that comes after Jesus. And it's important to make this distinction. We do not trust in Jesus because the Bible says to. We trust in the Bible because Jesus says to. We don't trust in Jesus because the Bible says to. We trust in the Bible because Jesus says to. John chapter 15 verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. If my words remain in you, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. If my words remain in you, Jesus tells us as disciples of Jesus to abide in his words. So one of the questions that we have to answer is, are we actually willing to live out the lessons of scripture? Are we actually willing to live out the lessons of scripture? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious elite of the time, They knew scripture inside and out. And yet when Jesus was on the scene, when Jesus was right in front of them, they couldn't recognize him as the Messiah. So it's not just about knowing scripture, memorizing scripture and and knowing it in our minds, but understanding it on a soul level that in our spirit, in our heart, we know scripture and what it means. Are we actually willing to live out the lessons and the commands of scripture As I was thinking through how to structure this message, it was actually really stressful because you could go in a million different directions. Uh, Scripture isn't just a sermon topic. It's not just like a one-off, like, yeah, the Bible. Like, it's something that is so, so, so much more than that. Scripture is a literary collection that serves as a roadmap, a guide to help us navigate what it means to be human. And it's a guide and a roadmap to help us follow Jesus. So what we're going to do this week is twofold. Uh, One, I want to talk about simple, practical methods that will help us get into Scripture. 
And then secondly, I, I want to look at some different areas of our lives and how scripture tangibly helps us navigate those areas. They're not all areas. It's just a few areas of our lives. But hopefully through these things, we will see that scripture isn't a book to be put in a side table or a drawer or, or a nice thing to read, but it's actually a gift given by God himself to his people. So quickly, I want to look at some practical things um, that, that we can do to get into scripture. And this isn't very sermony. This is just, just practical steps. First is this timing, timing, um, a lot of people like want to debate on when you should read your Bible. And there are those of us who, who like to read our Bibles early in the morning. And there are those of us who like to read our Bible late at night. And some people do it in the middle of the day. Timing doesn't matter. I, I just want to throw that out there. As long as like you're getting into scripture on a regular basis, like figure out what works for you. Some people will say at the beginning of the day, cause it kind of sets your day up. Some people will say in the middle of the day, because sometimes you just need to like recalibrate. And some people say at the end of the day, because you've already experienced like the totality of your day. And then you get to read scripture to like wind down. The, the timing doesn't matter. Just find time to do that. Find what works. What's important is that when you find something that works, you then start to grow in that thing. Maybe it's five minutes at the beginning of your day right now. Okay, well, hopefully a month from now it's seven minutes or 10 minutes or, or 30 minutes a year from now or whatever it may be. And maybe you go from twice a week to five times a week to every single day over the course of a certain time period. What matters is that you just start. That's the hardest part is to start. So find something that works for you and then grow and then stretch yourself to do that. Then methods. There are different methods to read scripture. There are so many different methods. You probably grew up, and if you grew up in church, there were probably methods that were presented to you. Maybe you've Googled things before and tried to figure out, like, how, like literally ask the question, how do I read my Bible? All those different things. Here's just a couple that I've used over the, over the course of my walk with Jesus. First one is SOAP. It's scripture, observation, application, prayer. So you, you read scripture. You write down one that uh, a passage that you felt like jumped out to you. You observe it, like you the observation of what it, what that scripture might mean. Application is how does that apply to my life now today, and then prayer. Pray about that, and then pray in general for for needs, praises, all of those types of things. That's a, a really easy time, a really really easy way to spend intentional time with Jesus. Another way that I've done it is lectio divina. This is kind of an ancient way to do it, but lectio divina this this. Um, term that means to read out loud and then reflect, read it silently, reflect on it, then respond in prayer and then rest in silence. That That is kind of like the, the Lectio of Divina way. Read out loud, reflect, respond in prayer, rest in silence. There are also other things like you maybe grew up with sword. I almost said sword. Wow. Sword. Uh, S-W-O-R-D. I don't even know what it stands for, but I know other people do it. So you can find different ways that can help you just kind of walk through scripture. One thing that I would really, really highly recommend is journaling. Um, whatever you do, whatever method you use, write stuff down. Allow the Lord to, to, to pour into your mind, but then write it down, type it in your phone, whatever you need to do, but, but keep a reflection of those things and then come back to that over and over and over again and see how the same scripture will hit you in different seasons of your life and see how God has grown you and, and transformed you over the course of spending personal time in his word. And then just some practical tools that you can use to read the Bible. Uh, Uversion is the one that most people know, the Bible app. Uh, Uversion is a great way to get into some reading plans. It's uh, your Bible in your pocket. I love my actual physical Bible and actually turning pages, um, but that's true of every book. The Bible app is such a convenient way. So many different translations on there, so many different reading plans, like something that we use every single week for young adults. And we, we put up a, a reading plan that you can jump in and then even discuss or put your favorite quote from that day's reading. Um, it's a great way 
way to just get engaged with scripture. Logos um, is an app that I really highly recommend. It's a commentary app where it can the, the free version is really, really intuitive. You can pay lots of money to get some really, really deep, in-depth stuff. But if you're just, just getting into Scripture, get the free version of Logos. You can highlight words and figure out what they mean in Hebrew and Greek and how they apply and cross-reference them to other places of Scripture. Like It's it's really, really wild. Uh, we live in the most technologically able time ever, and we have more access to Scripture and to studies than we ever have before, and yet we're reading the Bible less and less and less. So le- le- uh, the Logos app is a great way to do it. And then if you want a really simple uh, reading plan, Life Journal. Uh, it takes you through the whole Bible in a year, but you could do the Life Journal um, and say, "How many you do this Life Journal reading plan in a couple years?" It's usually a Old Testament passage, a New Testament passage, and a Psalm. It's um, really, really great, and uh, you can take it at your own pace. So those are just some some practical things about timing methods, tools that you can use to get into Scripture. What's really important is that you get into Scripture and figure out what that means. Do it alone. Do it with a, f- a friend. Do it with a small group. It's so important that we get into Scripture. So that's the practical. Now. Building intentional time of scripture reading will help us in all areas, but I want to look at some specific ones and how we can take these different aspects of our lives and how we can just speak scripture over those different scenarios in our life and kind of hopefully highlight how scripture always has something to say no matter what season we're in. And the, the, the first place that, that we often find ourselves is seasons of doubt in moments of doubt. We inevitably all have doubts about life and even about our faith. We have to understand that a part of our process as human beings who want to follow Jesus is to wrestle with those doubts. God isn't angry at our questions. He wants to engage us in the midst of those questions. And one of the primary ways is through... Yep, you guessed it. Scripture. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. So the message of God, the word of God, Scripture. Faith comes from what is heard. Our faith will be strengthened when we engage with the word of God. Now, it can simultaneously cause more questions, but that's okay, right? Like, we we are able to have questions. God wants to engage us in the middle of those questions. In fact, I just had somebody text me a couple weeks ago, and they're like, hey, I have, some, I have a question about something specific. And I said, hey, that's a really good que- question. Here are some, some passages that have been really helpful with me. And so I've kind of wrestled with that same question. And they responded, that's really helpful. Thank you so much. But now I have questions about those passages. And I was like, yeah, isn't that true? Isn't that the process of of reading scripture is that like it feels like once you try to figure out like this nuanced little thing on this this end you have like a thousand other questions that open up but i think that's also simultaneously the beauty of scripture is that it's not just so simple that we just get it and we're like i guess i'm done i fully understand this but that we're constantly learning and wrestling and walking with the word of god and doing incredible things it's a process right so maybe right now you're in a season of doubt Maybe right now you are having questions, you are struggling, you are wrestling, you are doing those different things. And the question that I would ask you is, can I submit a scripture to you? Because I think this scripture could be really helpful. It's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know him and he will make your paths straight. Don't rely on your own understanding. Don't rely on all those questions. Don't let those questions be the thing that drive your identity, but be trustworthy understand that he is trustworthy have trust in the father in all your ways know him and he will make your path straight so it's okay to have questions but also trust and lean into him being the one who has all the answers we will have moments of doubt he won't we may become unsure about life we may become unsure about god 
Luckily, he has never wavered in the assurance of his love for us. So in seasons of doubt, turn to scripture. Then the next thing is this, decisions, seasons of decisions. Unfortunately, for some of us, there are going to be decisions that have to be made. Um, So many of us hate making decisions. I'm not one of those people. I usually like making decisions. My wife, Larissa, hates making decisions. In her ideal world, I would make all the decisions. And in her ideal world, I would make all the right decisions and that she would just never have to tell me. I would just make all the decisions that she wants, like whether it's going out to eat or what to do with our time or whatever, that I would make all the decisions. She hates making decisions. In fact, tomorrow we have to go to Missoula and we have to wake up super, super early. And when I say we, I have a meeting in Missoula that I have to be at at like eight 30. If you're not familiar, Missoula is like five, a five hour drive from where we live in Billings. And, um, she was like, I think I might try to go with you. I'm nervous about you driving by yourself. And I was like, that's totally understandable. I think I'll be okay. But I, I understand why you're nervous waking up at three o'clock in the morning and jumping on the interstate is not necessarily like a really fun proposition. And on like Friday, I think, or Saturday, she's like, Hey, I'm going to go with you on Wednesday. And I was like, wow. And she's like, are you so proud of me for making a decision so far in advance? She hates decisions so much in three days. Is I was like, I'm so proud of you for making a decision three days in advance because usually it's right up until the day before that we're waiting. And all jokes aside, decisions can be absolutely paralyzing. We get fearful of making the wrong decision when, it, when something really, really matters. Or we get wrapped up in all of the the what ifs. Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if I make the right decision, but this? What if I make the wrong decision and then this? Like we just get wrapped up in the what ifs. And shockingly, and you're going to start seeing a theme here, scripture has something to say about that too. When we are trying to make thoughtful decisions, one of the main things that we're looking for is discernment. Discernment. Discernment is defined as the ability to perceive, understand, and judge things clearly, especially those that are not obvious or straightforward. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15 says, The mind of the discerning acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks it. The mind of the discerning acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks it. If we want the knowledge and the wisdom to make thoughtful decisions, the right decisions, we need to actually seek it out. What better place than through regular reading of Scripture? That if we are immersed in the word of God, the gift that he has given us, we will make decisions with much higher success rate because we will know on our mind, it will be second nature us, second nature for us to know the word of God. And we're going to get into prayer next week. That's obviously a huge element of this too. But to be immersed in the word of God, this thing that has been left for us, would we be people who do that? We will find ourselves having so much discernment if that is a regular rhythm of our lives. The next, so we've got, We've got uh, doubt, we've got decisions, and next we've got demons. <laughs> and I was just sticking with the Ds, but what I really want to say is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. The Word of God is described as the sword of the Spirit in the book of Ephesians. It's a primary weapon against the attack of the enemy. We honestly do not talk about spiritual warfare nearly enough And scripture is very clear that there is a very, very real enemy, and it isn't the person next to us. It's not our ex, it's not our neighbor, it's not our family, it's not a co-worker, it's not somebody who's a part of a different political party, it's not somebody who's a part of a different denomination or a different religion. The enemy is real, and the enemy is not flesh and blood. There is real spiritual warfare that is a part of every single day of our lives. Now, 
not every red light you hit or a poor Wi-Fi connection is a demonic force. But we have to be aware that spiritual warfare is real and we must be prepared to fight back. And the way that we fight back is by knowing the word of God, to understand it as a tool. It is a weapon for us to use. It is a sword of the spirit. And I could come up with some points here, or I could literally just point to what Jesus did himself when attacked by the enemy, when he is tempted in the wilderness. If you're familiar, Jesus gets baptized. He comes out of the water Father says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And it says the spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy, by the devil. And in Matthew chapter four, verse one through 11, we see this interaction. I'm just going to read it in its entirety. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, it is written it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus told him, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all of these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and began to serve him. You see, Jesus knew the word. He knew the word of his father. He knew scripture and we should too. See, when it becomes second nature to look to the word, to to the word of God, the attacks of the enemy become ineffective. When we know it, when 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 situations arise, when whether it's doubts or decisions or spiritual warfare, whatever it may be, when things arise in our lives and we know scripture so well, we can just quote it or or we know it. And it, it doesn't need to be, I mean, it's great if you know it word for word, but if you just know the truth of scripture on your heart, you can combat the lies of the enemy so much more effectively. It's also important to point out that the enemy, the devil actually uses scripture in this moment, but because Jesus knew the word of God so well, he was able to identify it and immediately untangle the way the enemy was trying to use it. You see, the enemy knew how powerful the word of God was. He knew scripture. But see, this is the thing. Just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees knew Scripture and weren't able to, to identify Jesus the Messiah, the enemy knew Scripture too because he knew the power that it had. But he wasn't living it out, obviously. But Jesus, the incarnation of God, knew the Word so well that, that when the enemy tempted him in really real, in really uh, obvious ways, like he's hungry and he's like, you can turn these stones into bread and you, you can get rid of that hunger. Oh, like you, I, you could rule all of these things. Like you go against the will of your Father, all these different things. Like these are real human temptations. And yet Jesus knew the Word of the Father. He knew the Word of God. And he was able to use those things to make the attacks of the enemy ineffective. The fourth thing that I want to look at, the final thing that we'll look at this week, is discontentment. Discontentment. It can be so easy as people to find ourselves being dissatisfied with life. We want something that we are discontent in, or we want something and we are discontent until we get it, until we receive that thing that we so desperately want. Or we get it, we receive the thing that we think will bring contentment, and then we want something bigger. We want something better, we want something newer, we want something shinier. And that could be something physical, that could be something relational, 
monetary, whatever it may be, that, that we often find ourselves as human beings being discontent with this season of life that we're in. Now, I think as young adults, it can be so easy to think about all the things that are not yet. All the things that are not yet. There is absolute beauty in all the possibilities that lay before you. But also, those possibilities can quickly become quicksand. That the things that you think will bring contentment all of a sudden are the things that are starting to drag you down into more and more discontentment. It can be easy to self-determine what will fulfill us. It's human nature. But scripture says this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. It says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. This is Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. Because once again, you renewed your care for me. So he's really thankful about what they have done for him. He's thankful for their relationship. He says, you were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. So even in a way that, that even in a season where they weren't able to help him tangibly, he knew that they loved him. And then Paul says this, he says, I don't say this out of need for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Scripture pointing back to Jesus. A reminder that no matter what season we're in, all things are fulfilled in Jesus. So scripture, this roadmap, this guide always is going to point us back to the Father. It's always going to point us back to Jesus. It's always going to point us back to the truth of the gospel that Christ and him crucified will strengthen us in every single season. So I know this was a little rapid fire, but let's come back to the main idea. Scripture is a gift. It's a gift from God to his people. It's a roadmap. It's something given to us to help us navigate what it means to be followers of Jesus, what it means to live in this world as people who want to serve Jesus. A practice of daily scripture reading will be incredibly beneficial to building strong foundations in every area of our lives. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17 is how we're going to end, which feels like an appropriate way to end a message about scripture. It says this, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So this week, go spend some time in the word of God. Don't put stipulations or, or all kinds of rules on what that means yet. Just spend some time in the Word of God. It was given for you. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.